Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Tanya Taylor, the founder and creative director of her namesake fashion brand, which just celebrated 10 years in business. It also just opened its first store on New York City's Madison Avenue. I wanted to ask Tanya about the business's evolution and current direction, especially considering its retail expansion. And of course, I wanted to get her take on the secrets to longevity in the fashion industry. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me. Great to see you. So good to see you. We talked about where I am. Where are you today? Um, I'm in New York. It's a beautiful sunny day and it was a busy one. We had fittings this morning and the, the office is bustling. Oh my goodness. What are you fitting for? What are you working on? Oh, we are working on three collections at once, as always. And I feel oh, like wow. sometimes it's, I forget what season, but we were styling pre-fall because we have a lookbook shoot next week. We were fitting fall and we were getting ready for resort. So it's funny how the fashion industry, you really have to think about, you know, the whole year kind of in one moment sometimes. I mean, how could you miss it? You just had an amazing bash, star-studded, yeah. I would say, oh, um, for your... Yeah, it looked amazing. Tell me about your anniversary, really like the plans to do it up. And are there more plans to come throughout the year? What's happening? Definitely. So we um, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Um, officially, we opened our first store in September after Labor Day. And we wanted to have a big party at the Carlisle, which is right across from our store on Madison Avenue, and bring all of our friends together that we've had over the last 10 years and really just have fun. It was, I think the vision I had for the party was how to make the Carlisle feel playful and approachable. So I really wanted to have arcade machines in the Carlisle, which I don't think they've ever had. So we had a claw machine and we filled it with all my favorite friends' brands and some of our products so that people could have just to go at getting these like really interesting products and learn about different brands. And they're all, they've all been so supportive to me over the last 10 years. So I thought it kind of felt full circle. Um, and then I actually, our first show ever was at the MoMA. And I remember I wanted to make something really personal for that show. So I hand painted all the canvases as invites that for that 10 years ago. And I ended up being as crazy as I was 10 years ago, I'm still the same person. And I was on the floor of our office a couple of weeks ago, hand painting all these canvases as thank yous to everyone who came to the party. So for me, it felt like warm and fuzzy and very nostalgic. Um, and it was just like the greatest kind of hurrah. I was going to be like, you are an artist. I follow you on Instagram. I see what you're up to. People don't know how your amazing prints come to be. Talk about all of that. And that really is a differentiator in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I that's how I started. I think I, I never started wanting to become a print brand, but I definitely always started by wanting to tell personal stories. And I think the closest way I can tell stories through color and print is by creating the initial kind of artwork. So um, as much as I can, I really try to still keep my hands on all of our prints or work with artists who can really kind of build very... Um, kind of spontaneous and feminine and beautiful prints that feel like they're art. I think it's really different in fashion when you move so quickly to be able to do something so slowly. Was the store at the 10-year mark, was that a goal of yours or was that just a coinkydink? <laughs> no, I mean, I wanted a store before COVID and I think it's just taken so much time to kind of rebound and reset 
the company. And also I'm so grateful for that time in a way, because I think the focus we have around product strategies now is really, really different than what we were designing before COVID. Um, and so the store feels like the perfect home to show the breadth of what we're creating. And I think what I've loved the most about the store is I've been able to lean on my curiosity of other brands and we're actually selling my favorite jewelry brands, favorite homeware brands, shoe brands. And I think the greatest thing for me is that somebody on Madison Avenue can come in. They may not have ever heard of us, but they may not have also heard of all these other amazing creatives. And so we really are a a discovery kind of um, store for really special pieces. I feel like this is an obvious question, but maybe not. Like, why Madison Avenue? I'm a downtown girl, so I think it actually took me a second to figure that out. But I really spent time thinking about how I wanted to learn and how retail for me is a testing pad and a learning experience. Um, And the opportunity of Madison Avenue felt clear. That customer is a local customer that is a frequent shopper that has a discerning sense of taste and an awareness of fashion. Um, And I, I really thought that that would be the most intense and amazing place to receive um, feedback. And, you know, elsewhere in the city is great too, but sometimes it's more based on tourism. And I didn't want to be confused about what we were learning. I really wanted it to be from a, um, a, a archetype of a customer we know we have that could be really repeatable. Right on. Well, you talked about the breadth of the brand being in store. What what would the shopper find? Like, what does the, the breadth currently entail? Oh, it's so fun right now. We just switched over our entire store to be kind of holiday and resort. And we have our new resort collection, um, which really straddles like our our touch of like the south and what you might wear if it's warm weather but also has these like amazing kind of feathers and bias dresses and awesome vegan leathers for something more in the north um we have a lot of like sun hats swimwear um we have really cute bags from sensi studio this brand that i'm obsessed with little sequent shoes from Nen, this really cool korean brand Um, and I just think it feels like this treasure trove. Like when you go in, there's definitely for a woman who maybe is less comfortable with color print, there's, we have a ton of wonderful kind of wardrobe essentials, but then there's a lot of spirit to the pieces we have in store that allows someone to play. That's the best part that discovery and get in there and what's that? What's that? That's so smart. And also trial. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I feel like um, you did some amazing pop-ups in the past, maybe as a trial run for this trial run, um, but like maybe the Hamptons. Talk about your, your retail experience to date. I, I traveled the entire country before we opened this store. So I think I went to 13 cities in the last year and had either a pop-up, had a three-day event with a retailer, had enough time to understand the customers and the differences of lifestyle around the country because within the U.S. it almost feels like different countries when you think about the weather patterns and just who everyone is. Um, And so I think I did the work to really know how to start designing the collection with a lot of versatility and for it to be able to speak to a broader customer base. And that's really showing us um, amazing business results right now. I think in the last year we've 
just grown quite quickly. And it's a lot to do with wholesale, surprisingly, um, and our performance at wholesale, because I think we're really being able to, people are being able to find themselves in all aspects of what we're designing. It's, it's less narrow. It's not just print and it's not just florals. It's really a full range of clothing and a full range of lifestyles now. That makes sense. When you were talking about um, she's looking for versatility, is that like about cost per wear? Like what's happening? What's the, the mindset of the customer now? I think that people are looking to invest in pieces that um, have longevity, that they also don't feel challenge them. I really think that women are looking to be supported, appreciated. They want flattering clothes. They want they want to feel just beautiful in what they wear from us. And so the fashion challenge has kind of come down a little, which I really enjoy. I think things feel a little more um, timeless and classic and the way we're designing feels very ageless. And that has allowed us to um, connect with a customer around how they see the investment being, you know, worth it. And we really see that in a lot of our kind of streamlined, cleaner shapes that they are the best sellers because they really feel like they'll be in someone's closet forever. Who, what wholesale partners are, are working or where are you selling now? And is it more partners and that's attributed, that's part of the growth or it's just greater sales? Go ahead. We, um, we have an amazing specialty store distribution. We sell to about 110 specialty stores. And in the last year, we've added probably 30. So, and a lot of them are more A plus stores and markets that we didn't have distribution. Um, and then within department stores, we have our business with Saks Fifth Avenue is incredible right now. We have an amazing business with Rent the Runway because I think they are a sense of discovery for this customer who post pandemic is still budget conscious, but kind of learns about us and tests us um, initially through renting. And then we really see them become a loyal purchaser. Um, Neiman Marcus, Shopbop, I think we have just really figured out a polished, comfortable feminine wardrobe. And it's so much fun for me because I think every season um, I've really taken on a lot of the design responsibilities in the last couple of years. And every season I get to sit down and really just keep building on this wardrobe and thinking about, okay, what yarns work, what colors have worked, what fabrications. And I just am now in a different place where I can adapt and make it better versus starting new. And I think that when you start as a fashion designer, sometimes you feel that your job is to create new, new, new and like surprise and awe and create magic. And I still love creating magic, but I kind of think about it as like 10% of what we make needs to be magical and fantastical and bring people in and be like the windows. But within the store and within the brand, the 90% has to comfort and has to be realistic and flattering and thoughtful. And so it's it's actually changed the way I focus my job. And I think it's really helped our team feel really focused. Well, I like that you mentioned art. RTR, Rent the Runway. I'm a I'm an RTR girl. Yeah, I remember. I feel stuff. like we talked about that before. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. I And it's like, 
I see some of your fashion with an capital F pieces, but where they, you know, when you're scrolling and scrolling, ooh, what's that? The prints yeah. and the color, that definitely helps. Definitely. Sure. It's, it's great online. Yes. Well, tell me, I think, oh my God, I don't know what the hell year it was. I think that we met at the wing and you invited me for coffee and you were like kind of talking about... It was before the hiring of Crystal, um, and you were kind of just talking about push, pushing the gas or kicking it into high gear. Yeah. Tell me about, you mentioned big growth. Tell me about the growth, how recent it's been, how, I don't know, new team members have played into that. A lot. I mean, our team has grown a lot. We're, pro, uh, we're I think, 45 people now. Um, oh. And wow. adding a store obviously adds an amazing team. Um, I definitely think that it was so we 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 hired a lot of people right before the pandemic and it was really hard to get into a groove with everybody you know they're talented you know you all have ambitions and dreams of what you want to do but you just couldn't do it so i really think this is one of the first years that we've been able to put into action a lot of the talent and abilities on the team um crystal's been an amazing partner for me and i think that she has such a history and talent with inventory and understanding product strategies that I finally can really put my creative side with a strategic product side and we're really zooming. Like, I love it. We think that we're two chefs in a kitchen and (laughs) I feel like we're constantly using all parts of our brain and it is so exhausting by the end of the day, but you are really changing things like you're really building every day now and that's super rewarding right on and sorry to name drop listeners this is crystal slattery president of tanya taylor formerly of i think sink a set and lively um but anyway what an awesome team you've got and my my old boss at elizabeth james that's how i met her i was like the assistant designer so it's it's definitely it's definitely a long long relationship i love that well tell do you own your brand? Who's the owner? Who? What's your, been your approach to fundraising? What's going on there? I'm 100% the owner of the brand. That is freakish. <laughs> I think That's amazing. So, I think it's Hell so yeah. important. I think it puts a ton of pressure also on you, but um, I am so proud of that. And I feel really lucky when I talk to younger designers who are having challenges with investments or with misaligned objectives with investors that that's not, um, that's not something I have it as a challenge. I think my challenge is more how to use capital wisely when you don't have a strategic partner or you don't have maybe a mentor built into that investment. So it's, it's a lot of conversations with people that are more organic to learn. And I really feel like over 10 years, I have figured out an industry that I knew zero about 10 years ago, <laughs> yes. which is pretty pretty wild. Um, and I don't know, it's still changing every day. So it's something that kind of keeps me on my toes. We'll be right back after this quick break. When it comes to category expansion, like I think at one point you were dabbling in some home. Um, and I don't know if beauty was ever like a consideration. I know a lot of folks are launching fragrances, but yeah, where do you see this going? And no home right now. No, Is I that think, right? well, we, we, we launched home two summers ago in the pandemic more as like an upcycled opportunity. We had a lot of leftover linens and we we're like, why don't we just 
recognize our customers staying at home, but they're still entertaining. Let's make amazing tableware. Um, that was so fun. I think that we needed everyone's energy to be on ready to wear for the last couple of years to make a lot of shifts happen. Swimwear is a big part of our business oh, and right. it's, um, it's definitely working and it's really, really kind of a nice way for us to extend for a lifestyle of the customer. Um, I'm obsessed with picking up on partnerships over the next couple of years and maybe more flexing creativity in new categories through partnerships. Um, beyond us making it ourselves, I always love learning from a partner and being able to reach a new audience. Tell me about that reaching audiences, uh, acquisition, like what's resonating? Where are they finding you these days? The new, the new ones? Well, I think our social media is strong. Um, we have, you know, been around long enough that we've really been able to grow a loyal audience. Um, our store is just a natural way to acquire new customers. I'd say maybe 80% of the people that walk in the door have never heard of us, which just shows such opportunity for brand awareness. With that, we're thinking about of home media. Obviously, digital media is really something we're playing with video. We're playing with styling guides um, that are really working. And um, it's it's interesting. I think our e-com is seeing great growth, like about 40% year over year. And that feels like it's coming from bringing new people into the funnel of the brand. Yes. What's e-com? I'm hearing a lot of challenges around like returns. And I mean, it. no element is easy, I'm sure. But um, any updates there in terms of, yeah, what's made it uh, better for a business, but better for the business if, if ever a problem. We've, I think it's a, I think it's a combination of product being really a focus and, um, investing in the website. Like we've invested in, you know, toggling between colorways. We've invested in live chat. We've invested in, um, a lot of kind of ways that a customer can see something styled in multi multi kind of purposes. Like if we have a top, we style it back in our e-com shoots to five different bottoms. Um, I think we never used to do that before. It used to feel like there was one uniform and it maybe made it harder for somebody to see themselves if they didn't see it that way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's, we have amazingly low returns actually. I think that's a testament to our tech team and we put so much time and effort into fitting because we fit on a size four and a size 18. So I think that we really cover a wide range of sizes and um, it's a, it, we can see that we're really, you know, hovering at, you know, below a 20% return rate, which is pretty incredible. Have you always done that extensive of a size range or yeah? We launched it um, six years ago. So a really long time ago before it was, something people did. And we, I did that because my mom was always plus size and she was incredibly confident at home when she didn't have to think about what she was wearing. And I just really saw her confidence deflate when she would go to work and she worked in a public company and she had the need to look great. Um, and she's so exuberant and fun and she wanted to wear a lot of color and there was nothing available. So I really started it from more of a personal point of view. And then um, it's been a really important part of our business. I think that customer is the most loyal on e-com. Like when we launch a collection, we can without a doubt know that our first 
like 15 purchases will be from our extended size community. I was also thinking of dresses. Like you mentioned swim is a big portion of the business. Dresses, does that make up a large piece of the pie as well? It does, but less so now. Um, Pre-pandemic, it was probably 70% of our business. And now I'd have to look at it more recently, but I'd say probably closer to like 40. Um, Skirts have had a moment. I'm like obsessed with skirts and we've been selling crazy amounts of like denim and vegan leather skirts. Um, And then cut and sew knits. Like we do all these like striped um, cut and sew knits in Portugal and those have been incredible. I think it's an entry-level price point, and it's that sense of, like, polished comfort that feels really approachable. Well, you're explaining all these things beautifully. I have to know if you're, like, on TikTok being the uh, face and educator and all the things that we need. We, I wish. are, like, resonating. Oh, I so wish. I mean, I have two kids. I have a six- and three-year-old sons that are – bananas amounts of energy and no doubt the 45 women on my team so I feel like if I could be a TikTok star sign me up I would love the life to be a TikTok star I have not figured out how to fit that in the day when you show up on your Instagram though I bet that's the most engaged yeah people want to see you yeah yeah I I've always built a really kind of direct relationship with our Instagram community and I'm pretty vulnerable and like playful on our Instagram Um, so I, I love using it as a platform to be creative. Um, but I also want to start like a drop off outfit guide because I realized that what I wear for our son's drop offs is outrageous. And I think it's normal because I'm going to the office after, but today I wore like a laminated crocodile trench coat with like big silver buttons (laughs) and it's, and it's 7 30 AM and I just like walk and I'm like, Hey everyone. And I had big silver hoops on and I kind of thought everyone was looking at me funny. And now I realize, uh, well, yes, I look like I was in the matrix. I loved it because <laughs> I, I wear clothes to give me energy. So it was, it's in the morning when better is it to have energy? Oh my God. I feel like I don't, am I noticing more? Are you doing more outfits of the day? You are doing like looks like capital in caps, like some really great things lately. I'm not, I'm serious. I, I'm so inspired. Oh, anyway. thank you. Well, I gotta, I gotta document it more. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. What's challenging you right now? I mean, oh, I think you seem like you have it pretty damn together. <laughs> no, I feel like every chapter of business has its own challenges. And I feel like right now, I'm so motivated and so excited about growth, but with that, um, just managing expenses, managing how to gain more customers to um, really be able to show what we're making to more people, Um, and yeah, I think the store was interesting. Like I learned a lot in the last two months. I think my assumption was probably that 200 people are going to walk in every day and it's going to be the easiest thing in the world because it's across from the Carlisle and beside the Mark. And that hasn't been the case, but the people that come in are so dedicated. Like, I think we're hovering at like a 74% conversion rate, which is cuckoo. Like, so we know that it's, I know, but it's because that woman is just so, uh, she knows what she likes. And she's, if she's taking time out of her day to go shopping, she's busy and she's going to make a purchase. Um, 
I think it's just really now about us getting more people in the door because we've never had a store. So that's probably our biggest challenge that everyone on the team is focused on. Yes, I'm bouncing around a little bit, but I was just thinking about in terms of um, challenges, what could be a challenge, um, like keeping those creative juices flowing. Are you still doing like how many collections a year? And tell me about the importance of, of fashion week and those big moments. Yeah, so we are doing 10 collections a year. We don't ship in January and July, but we do little pops of newness in those months. Um, and it is a challenge to keep the creativity going, but I also really love my team. Like I have an amazing design team. They're young. They're like thinking of things I would never think of. And I'm having a lot of fun. I wouldn't say that stresses me out so much. I think the amount of, um, I think more just the pressure to make every product to make like fit well and be incredible quality when you have more volume of things you're touching is, a good problem, but one that just takes time to be really dedicated to. Um, and then, yeah, I think we're, we're always just looking at the economy. And I think there's a challenge of being able to predict where people's lives go that feels really different than ever before. Yes. You mentioned the holiday kind of setup in store. Is holiday like everyone? Q4 is the big time. And what other plans for holiday have you got that you can share? Well, I'm so excited to participate in this um, this Madison Avenue holiday moment where they partner with MSK Hospital and it's called Miracle on Madison. And I guess the whole like street on December 2nd shuts down. Everyone puts big balloons outside their stores. You have a, you have a host and it's like a shopping free for all. <laughs> and 20% of all sales go back to MSK. We've been partnering with MSK for years. We design headscarves for cancer patients. We've redesigned their pediatric floor with our prints. So I think it's just really fun to physically be connected to a community in a way that we've never been. Um, and that's what holiday means to me. Like I, I really just want to give back to that community. That sounds amazing. I'm I'm going to crash. Okay. <laughs> that sounds so good. Um 2024. I mean, year 11, is that as exciting? What's to come next year? Year 11 is more exciting. I think year 10 felt like graduating high school and now, (laughs) and now we get to, now we get to go to college. Um, I would love more stores. I would love to learn about more markets. I'm very interested in Texas, in Florida, um, having a store in the South, maybe opening a store in my hometown of Toronto because I really, really have a love for um, Canada. And again, yeah, getting getting opportunities to be creative with other brands. I think that's really on our radar and we're having some really exciting conversations for new categories. Um, and being able to have the store even shine more, test more things there. Like I feel like I want to have pop-ups. I want to have painting classes. Like I just want it to come alive even more next year when we're like comfortable with, you know, a couple months under our belt. Is there something that you wish um, you had known going into opening a store? Like any secrets about like lease negotiations or anything? Oh, oh God. I don't even want to get into that. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a Um, headache? Like I, I'm sure, but um, no, I mean, my only thing is some, like some people have found amazing opportunities where they, um, rent space as a percentage of sales. And I think if you're really trying to um, manage your business, that's an, that's a really comforting way to 
join retail. We did not do it that way, but that is something that I think is very wise that a lot of designer friends have said maybe they were able to do in different markets. For sure. Last question, maybe. What are we wearing today? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my husband's gray sweater and our beautiful suiting pants that I can't take off because they're called the Ren Pant and they're high-waisted with corseted details, but they have an interior elastic that makes everything comfortable. Right on. Okay, I lied. One more question. If we are talking 10 years from now, where will the brand be? Oh. The 20 year anniversary. Oh, I feel like I'm gonna be so old. I'm gonna be like gray <laughs> with like a long. I always picture myself being like gray haired with a long gray braid, like teaching an art class. Um, I mean, but it's not so chic. Maybe. I mean, I'm 37, so hopefully that's not what I'm talking about. I'm 47, <laughs> but like who knows? Um, 40. No. I want to have. Age. I want to have like four or five stores, and I want to have them all feel like really happy spaces that we have a lot of events that bring amazing people in to experience art and creativity. And I want to get closer and closer to the customer and just know more and keep growing up with them. That sounds amazing. And you'll have to have another party. Yes, (laughs) definitely. could be better? I mean, (laughs) I don't know if you can top that. (laughs) Tanya, thank you for being here. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. So great to see you. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.